On this episode of the Pass the Everything podcast, Starbucks is enabling so-called influencers, an international food idiot story involving a toaster. Plus, we recap the finale of Top Chef Portland and the controversy now swirling around it. We wrap it up with our food high of the week and a New Orleans spot you gotta visit for happy hour. Let's eat. From our table in New Orleans, this is the Pass the Everything podcast. Your favorite food podcast. Let's do our intros. Yeah. My podcast partner, for the sake of the podcast, we will call him PTE, which stands for Pass the Everything. He started the Pass the Everything Instagram that started this whole podcast journey for the first time maybe <laughs> ever in the recording of this podcast. He is finally at 100%. Fully rested. Let's go. And she is Ashley. She is my wonderful co-host who quit her career in radio to work with me on this podcast and uh, we're going to refer to her as technical support today. Your 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 TA. I Wait, fixed TS. it. I'm already fucking up. Thank you for calling. Technical I thought support. I was. I thought I was fully rested. I've did, already. Did gone you try myself. unplugging it and plugging it back in? About five minutes ago. We sound so much better. <laughs> we sounding. We do sound a lot better. Not only because the microphones are working properly, but also because like we're rested. Mm-hmm. We're not hungover. Mm-hmm. Despite my slip up, I do feel pretty good. We're not. I'm not drinking. <laughs> I'm not either. <laughs> I went to say. I went to say. I went to say we because usually we record at night. Yeah. And I'm, you know, having some cocktails. Yeah, we're daytime recording right now, which yeah. is slightly different. I don't know if it's going to be better in the final product, but water hey, out of a mason jar. We're trying to equip ourselves right from the beginning to be better for you, yes. the listener. It's all about. It's all about uh, your mental state. We're we're feeling good. Let's start into the scoop, which is our little focus on food in the news. I'm right off the bat going to hit you with what I call and the listeners now affectionately call rant bait. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. Here we go. I just had a sip of water. Uh, Side note. I told him not to look at my notes for um, this episode so he doesn't know what he's ranting about yet. Zero idea. Capturing a live reaction. Great. What are your thoughts on the people who are really into the Starbucks secret menu? Um, I've... I don't have a lot of information on it, but I mean, it's kind of good. I'll tell you (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. for anyone who doesn't know the whole secret menu thing has like really blown up the last few years. It's where someone online, like a huge Starbucks fan or a fan of some other part of like subculture. Her name is Becky and she lives in a suburb. (laughs) Comes up with a crazy (laughs) new drink by mixing different ingredients, like tweaking something that's actually on the menu, usually for like Instagram content. Like the cotton candy frappuccino, the cookie dough frappuccino, the Skittles frappuccino, a butterbeer latte. These are all actual Starbucks secret menu items. Wait, so, okay, before you go into what I'm sure is going to piss me off, my my question to you is, so does someone who is a big fan of Starbucks go there and then make a custom order, mess around with what's already existing on the Uh menu, they create something, but Uh then how does that something get then turned into a secret menu item. They go post about it online and basically put oh. the right hashtags on it. And then all these other Starbucks fans around and the country are like, the ingredients. now I want the Skittles Frappuccino. And okay. they're like, this is what you have to ask for. You ask for the blah, 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 but you want it with like three extra pumps of this and you want them to swirl in this and then you want them to add some blah, blah, blah on top. So now it's a whole different thing 
that is not actually on any official Starbucks menu. Mm -hmm. So first of all, I mostly feel bad for the barista who isn't like, you want me to make you a what? That's where my first thought went. And then I, I haven't. And now the people who are waiting behind them in line patiently. Yeah. So this idiot can get something that is very Instagrammable. It looks like a tie dye frappuccino. And that's why I ordered it. It It probably tastes nasty. Yeah. But the thing is whenever I, 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 okay. I've only been to Starbucks a handful of times because I try to actually drink local coffee Mm -hmm. and also local coffee shops are a million times better than Starbucks. Um, I digress, but whenever I've been to a Starbucks, the line is absurdly long. So Mm -hmm. whoever's waiting in line, guess what? If you're stuck behind some asshole who's trying to do something for the gram, that's a part of the Starbucks experience. Like there's usually like 10 cars in the drive through the lines out the door. There's usually a weight associated with Starbucks. Like you need to wait in a separate line if you're ordering off the quote secret menu. I feel like when you go to Starbucks, you know what you're getting yourself into. There's always a line. I've never, again, small sample size, but have you been to a Starbucks where you're like, oh, I'm going to be in this drive-thru for 15 to 20 minutes? But can you imagine, you've told me before and you've mentioned on the podcast that you have worked in the service industry before. Yes. Specifically in the fast food service industry. Uh Uh-huh. Can you imagine if some influencer self-titled shoot me in the fucking face <laughs> right comes in and is like i want the mcdouble but mm-hmm. i want na 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 and now is making a whole new sandwich essentially mm-hmm. and they want to like stop and get the yeah. uh, the, the angle it's right the and the lighting right and all this stuff menu. the yeah. secret menu i mean i'm sure it's a thing <laughs> at fast food places too to do oh, the I'm sure secret it is. menu you're gonna put the big mac sauce and a double quarter pounder then you can actually have them put fries on the burger then mm-hmm. you're gonna Okay, cool. Like you're spending way too much time. Why don't you just try this shit at your house and actually teach yourself a skill like cooking versus going to a fast food restaurant or going to but a then Starbucks? But it wouldn't be in the Starbucks cup. Oh, Jesus Christ. I bet you Starbucks is just like, sure, sure, do that because yeah. now we're getting more publicity on the internet because you're talking about the Starbucks secret menu and like, fine. I guess we're getting yeah, more cool, exposure, but they're not making more money off of it. They're just a barista at Starbucks to their credit. The people that work at Starbucks are usually extremely nice and upbeat and seem like they're, they're really wanting to go out of a way to help you. Do they get a choice? It's also those kind of people <laughs> that I feel like you need to keep your eye out on. Like maybe if you know somebody that works at Starbucks, why don't you shoot them a text and ask if they're doing okay? Yeah. <laughs> because they're probably masking it pretty well because they're dealing with a bunch of Beckys all day and that's not fun for anyone. Especially since Starbucks corporate is now embracing the idea of the secret menu by testing a new system that oh, would God. let you order secret menu drinks online. They're running a pilot program to see how it would work, but you and I probably can't be part of it because you have to be like invited. The people who yeah. are invited, you know, the the worst kind of people, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> will get to connect <laughs> to the Starbucks mobile ordering system yes. through Instagram and Facebook, where they can access two secret menu items: the venti pink drink remixed, okay, and the grande iced matcha tea latte with chai. I actually do like a good matcha. With that, be, I, I, I can't. Oh my I can't, God! They're I can't getting get behind you. It. They're pulling you in. I can't get in. behind it. No. Oh, so <laughs> I. I will quickly say that I'm born and raised in Washington State, so I have this weird, like, not attachment to Starbucks, but I have. I guess my viewpoint is a little bit different because I'm grateful that it started where I was mm-hmm. born and raised. Washington State loves its coffee. The Pacific Northwest mm-hmm. in general, coffee stands everywhere. Starbucks everywhere. Um, but with that being said, I've mostly stayed away most of my life. I like to enjoy local coffee. So you have like resentful pride. Yeah. It's you're, like, I'm you're grateful, from the same place but at the them. same time, 
but like you kind of uh, have monopoly on the coffee game. It's, uh-huh. a, it's a little fucking ridiculous. I again, I would rather support local than go to a multi-billion-dollar coffee organization, especially one that has a bunch of basic bitches rolling through all the time, ordering some super pink frappy whatever the fuck <laughs> because they want to take a picture for the gram. It's not my style. I I'm do sorry. appreciate them. I think the whole move is to help out the baristas. Cause as I mentioned earlier, it's like, you want me to make a what? Mm-hmm. So these people get invited to this secret system mm-hmm. and they pick the fancy secret menu item they want. And then it generates a QR code that now the barista can scan and it tells them like exactly what it is that goes into this bizarro drink. <sighs> that's not part of the training. Just another layer to add to this minimum wage making employee. And also when I, let me clarify that when I said a bunch of basic bitches go into Starbucks, I'm referring to anyone that goes to Starbucks that I would consider <laughs> basic. I'm, this isn't a gender thing. This is a Starbucks thing. Um, I, I really have no idea, but I have zero interest in finding out. Absolutely zero. So yeah, I could even show you a picture and I'm still not interested in going. I'm not, I'm not into it. I'm not trying to go out of my way mm-hmm. to make someone else's day more difficult. Not at all. Especially an employee that I don't know. You're, you're asking them to do a lot already. Right. And they're like, thanks Starbucks. There now are, you're making this yeah. annoying thing slightly easier for me by throwing a QR code in the mix. Yeah. And like, if I'm a star, I mean, and you know what, to the employees out there that actually work at Starbucks and enjoy their jobs. Kudos to them. Um, Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. (laughs) Look, here's another thing. People are assholes before they've had their coffee, right? So you're getting them when they're still assholes of the day. Yeah. Can you imagine like an asshole rolling through the drive-thru while also ordering something specific that Mm -hmm. is part of the secret menu and just being a complete dick about it? I am not only an it. asshole, yeah. I am also an influencer yeah. and I have the secret invite to the secret menu and QR code and system. And it's 7am and you're getting yelled at because you didn't put enough pumps of whatever the fuck in some right. specialty drink. Also, you can't go through the drive-thru if you have this QR code because wh- where am I scanning this from? I don't know. I don't know. I just feel bad for Starbucks employees in general. <laughs> um, and now I'm thinking of, you know what? I'm going to go out of my way. I will shout out a local coffee place that I love just because I, again, support local coffee, okay, go. coffee science, All coffee right. science in New Orleans is fucking delicious. Um, do you have a favorite? I don't really drink a lot of coffee. Oh, when I do, you're, it's, yeah. Diet Coke connoisseur. Yeah, no, when I do yeah. drink coffee, it's like a mocha something like stupid. I don't know. Okay. It's, that's it's fine. Cold. It's either frozen or iced. Okay. I'm not like a not coffee a hot, in the morning person. A, oh, okay. I'm a, I'm a coffee in the morning person. I'm a skip breakfast. Just get a cup of coffee and get rolling. No, I wake go, up go, hangry. Go. Like I'm not fully functioning. <laughs> I don't want the coffee. I need yeah. food. Interesting. And sure. A diet Coke. See, but I love <laughs> breakfast foods, but I just will eat it later in the day. Do you make it yourself later in the day? It depends. But yeah, typically, because breakfast foods, at least in my eyes, are like the easiest foods to make. So it's not really like a hassle. Like what you did for breakfast today was super easy with the eggs and the beans. You kind of just whip it all up. (laughs) This is what I have today. (laughs) You know, when you really want one thing and you're like, I guess I'll settle for something else. And then I'll call it something to make myself feel better about what it is I'm eating. Mm -hmm. It's a Southwestern scramble. I wanted bacon and eggs and a biscuit. I didn't have that. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I did. Anyways, we're off on a little tangent here. As always, I feel like this whole podcast yeah. is just tangents. This, this podcast are, should just be called Food Tangents. Food Tangents. <laughs> is it too late for a rename? <laughs> it might be. 
Let's move on to our second story. You know we love a food idiot. Yes, we do. This week, it is not um, a vicious food criminal that is threatening the lives of others, uh, specifically at a fast food restaurant. So it's boring. I found something different, (laughs) but I went international with it. Okay, I like it. I found us a kiwi. Okay. A man in New Zealand burned his house down. Uh Uh-huh. He left to go get some fries. Well, it's uh, a BBC story, so they called him Chips. Oh. He went to go get hot chips <laughs> while he was cooking, and he came home to find his house ablaze. Okay. I want you to ask me what he was cooking. Well, I want to know what he was cooking. What was he cooking to go with his chips? A steak in the toaster. Wait, what? <laughs> Are you serious? Dude left his house. Like he put raw meat. He shoved raw meat into the toaster. There are so many things wrong with this story. (laughs) Not only did he leave something cooking, Uh which you learn as a child, that is the number one no-no of the kitchen. Yeah, this is Darwin. This is food Darwinism. But I feel like this just leapfrogged to the new number one. You Mm. don't put steak in a toaster, sir. I'm just I'm how to picture- ruin a perfectly good piece of meat. First off, this should be criminal. Just throwing that out there. Right. The the visual of somebody shoving a steak into a toaster is fucking hilarious. Or maybe it's one of those toaster ovens. Regardless, like you're fucking up. Like I don't know what you're doing. Also, can you see him <laughs> look at the dial and it's set to like two? You know, because you usually make toast with it. Right. And then being like. Should Taking probably, too long. Should probably put it on three. Like if I, I want to get this, I want to make sure I'm being safe here. Like I want to make sure I'm cooking it right. I want like a golden me, brown steak. Let me notch not this. Just, let me turn this notch up just just a hair. And then thinking that you have steak. the time because yeah. you're realizing that this toaster yeah. is not yeah. the fast cooker that you were hoping for. Yeah, and his. So you brain. think you have the time to go pick up some chips, chips, some fries to go with your steak, which look and burn your fucking house. You should have planned that out in advance. Yeah. Maybe just get, well, I guess if he was trying to cook at home and he's cooking a steak and a toaster, Listen, he doesn't know how to do fries. There's nothing that this guy's ever done in his life that he has planned in advance. If he's, uh, I'm putting steak in the toaster, he doesn't plan anything. He is, he has been winging his life. The fact that he has lived to this, to this I almost blame the internet for this because there were people on the internet that were talking about how you could cook a steak in a toaster. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Any sensible person is like, that's one of those internet things that I point and laugh at. Yeah. You know, cause there are some things that I've shared with you from TikTok that I'm like, we could try this. It mm-hmm. sounds actually decent. Yeah. Like the pineapple this is with not lamb. one of them. No, it's not. A part of me, and it's a very small percentage, a part of me actually can get behind this only because, to me, this is food Darwinism. Behind what? If there are people dumb enough to try something that could hurt themselves, natural selection, let them take themselves out. If they want to put steak in a toaster. Uh, No, wait, but here's the end of the story. Now he's mad because his insurance company only paid him 418 grand. Okay. And he needs another 200 grand to fully rebuild his house. Oh, so he's, he's saying that my house is worth more and Mm -hmm. you're not giving me enough. The fact that they gave him any money at all, (laughs) this wasn't a natural disaster. If you work for that insurance company, you just want to write back like you idiot. You burned your house down with a steak in the toaster. You're lucky we're cutting you a fucking check. This isn't what we do here. Also, like there's no policy for this. His insurance company's like, we're going to have to make a whole new amendment to all of our policies because can we cover stuff like this? We don't insure toaster steak. Internet food mistakes. Yeah, that's not not part of this policy that we have going on here. I can't believe they cut him a check at all. He should be thankful. In fact, he should be shouting out his insurance agency. Agency. No, but I feel like he doesn't want to. How old is this man? Was it it listed in the story how old he is? 
How has he survived to this to this late in adulthood or to any point beyond the age of whenever he left home and his mom and dad were not taking care of him anymore? Looking, uh, how old are you? It, It doesn't matter. Even if it was physically possible to cook a steak in a toaster to honor a piece of steak, it should be illegal to even attempt it. Sorry, I'm doing that thing where I'm like clicking all the links in this oh, article no, trying no, to no, find no, out no. how old he is. I feel like they left that out on purpose because they were like, look, he's already had enough embarrassment in his life. Yeah, his first and his last name should suffice for embarrassment well, levels. Well, the dailymail.co.uk doesn't even say that right off the top. I just can't believe that at the end of the day, he doesn't learn a lesson. He's just mad that his insurance company hasn't given him enough money to rebuild his house. Dude, just buy a new house cut your losses, and stop eating steak because you don't deserve it. He doesn't. Anyways, we don't need to know his age. It's yeah, not a big deal. You sent me on a hunt that I don't have the answer to. Usually, I'm very prepared. I, I know. I thought you would be like, oh, boom. I thought you would just know off the top of your head. <laughs> it's fine. We can move on. We're moving on. He's yeah, we a, have to because yeah. I don't have an answer. Yeah. And I'm not, for the sake of my um, journalistic integrity, in mm-hmm. air quotes, going to yes. make something up. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's totally fine. We'll, we'll go without knowing. I'm sure someone will Google this and will let us know. <laughs> Yeah, I hope they do. Because Minor now detail. I feel Minor unprepared because I didn't have all the info. If he's 20 or 60, it doesn't matter. He's still a fucking idiot. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on to something that's... Um, Heartwarming and lighthearted and... No, it's, okay. it's a recap <laughs> of the finale of Top Chef. Oh, Poland. we're moving on. Okay, we're done. Yeah, okay. You said move on, so we're oh, moving on. Oh, I, okay, we're fine. Okay. I mean, I can give you another random no, food no, story no, no, if you no. want. You're good. Moving on. Top Chef Portland. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm looking at my Top Chef notes and honestly, none of it matters. <laughs> okay. Well, it first of all, matter. we have to mention that the internet has gotten too stocky. And mm. I don't know if it's just that like we have our phones out on the table where we record our episodes and they've been listening to what we talk about on a weekly basis. And they're yeah. like, Ooh, I'm going to give you more content that interests you. It's, it's become, it's too much. I don't because like it, it sent you a notification somehow that you didn't yeah. sign up for. Yeah, through Google. I got I received a Google notification that spoiled the Top Chef winner for me. Before Again, you watch the episode. I don't have Google notifications for anything. Right. And I sure as shit didn't ask to have the season finale spoiled. That's why I say our phones are getting too stocky. Yeah. I hate it. Also, I've noticed, um, I don't know if you're a big Twitter person, but on Twitter now, if I go down like a Twitter rabbit hole and I end up on someone's page, just like looking at tweets and then just forever and ever, you will get relevant tweets about that yes, one thing you were looking yes. at. And I was like, why am well, I now interested it's, in well, this? I'm not even, interested in this. Well, now this. it's even more specific because I, now I will get those person's tweets on my fucking feed and I'm not even like, I don't follow you. following them. I just saw like one or two. I was like, oh, like I could be just reading in something that I found was interesting, like a thread. And then now that person's tweets are on my feed. That happened to me before. I was looking into something about the show Shit's Creek, which I love. Yes. And this random person was tweeting some kind of like fan theory yeah. about whatever. And you're like, oh, cool. Dude, I was I like, want oh, to this is so this. interesting. I want to read all this. And now that person shows up on my stuff all the time. I'm like, who's this? Yeah. Who's no, this person that I, I follow? I'm like, oh, that rabbit hole that I had three months ago that yep. you're still pushing in my face. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Phones are getting too stalkerish. It's a problem. So last week. They could have just ended the whole thing, honestly, because the semi-finals didn't get rid of anyone. Yeah. You could have just saved a week of our lives. Yeah. And just ended it there. You put those, you put the contestants and everyone, the, all the viewers through hell. And then at the end of the day, you're just like, everyone advances and nothing matters. 
Right. Which is why this season has been frustrating. But anyway, we're moving on past that now. Because now there's a whole nother <laughs> layer to this season that we did not see coming. So the final three were Don, Shoda, and Gabe. Mm-hmm. Um, the three of them have very distinct food styles, flavor profiles. Yeah. I'm sure it was difficult for the judges to pick, you know, a winner. Yeah. Well, that's why they're judges and that's why that's their job. So I'm sure they get paid nicely by Bravo. Yeah. <laughs> just a little. <laughs> so this week they had to prepare an entire, like, what was it? Four course meal. Four course meal. And it was essentially to their strengths. Like, give me what your perfect meal would be. Like, and it wasn't anything crazy. Us. Like you have to go catch your own food in the morning and then yeah, like, no, nothing. It was like shop for whatever you want. Um, and they got sous chefs this week that were former contestants. That were former of the contestants. Show. Jamie came back and, and, uh, blessed us with her presence. Thankfully, Maria was back. Maria was back. And then Byron, the Muppet, he was back too. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't, the only real stressor was, I mean, aside from your trying to win top chef is there's a timer like there always is. Sure. But aside from that, cook whatever you want and buy whatever you need. Cook in the order absolute to make best it. thing you've ever done in your life right now. Yeah. Timed for television. Yeah. And it, I'm so fucking annoyed that this Google notification ruined the finale for me. Regardless, you can go ahead and talk about it because I don't really have a lot to say other than I appreciate uh, Dawn's shout out to the inspiration that she yes. had for one of her courses. Leah Chase. By name, mentioned mm-hmm. Leah Chase mm-hmm. for her of green gumbo course. The infamous Dookie Chase. Yeah. yeah. Love a New Orleans shout out, a New Orleans connection. Yes. She's based in Houston. Yep. Um, Shoda yes. Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gabe Austin. is Austin. But the it was really cool because they panned over to Nina who yeah she was like making who gave Don the look like thank yeah. you for approval approval and for being inspired by this legendary not only just a chef but like human rights advocate and just a wonderful human who is no longer with us so that was really important that's really the only important note that I have oh except that you said that Don's food from what we can tell on television it's it's also frustrating to me to watch food shows mm-hmm. knowing that I cannot taste any of the things that they are making. My stomach is literally rumbling right now. Like mm-hmm. the mic might actually pick up on that <laughs> because <laughs> I just realized that we're doing a food podcast and I haven't eaten today. So all I've had is coffee and a diet Coke anyways, I mean, but they're like, describing these things in great uh, detail. And I'm like, I want that. I want to eat that. Yeah, I'm, We just kind of black out like, Oh yeah. Out of uh-huh. the finale four course meals, if you had to choose one of them to eat mm-hmm. one chef's full four courses. Which one would it, it would be, be from Dawn. this episode? It would be Dawn's. And that's not, she hasn't been your favorite person. And she hasn't been my favorite, but she's cooking the food that I enjoy the most. And it's, what did you call it? A tummy hug? A t- I call it like a stomach hug. Yeah. All of her food is it's, it's all kind of comfort food ish. Elevated, elevated, yeah. very well done. Um, but yeah, she she did the green gumbo and then she like threw some seafood in there and then she I, I forget she did some other stuff. Obviously there was four dishes, but oh and then she did like an, an elevated bread pudding for her dessert, which bread pudding is one of my favorite desserts. So yeah, I would I would have gone with Dawn's. I probably would have actually gone with Shoda's last. Like Gabe's dishes were very well done and it looked delicious. So based on this episode, yeah. Would you have But I wouldn't been- have picked her though. Would win. you have been okay if she had won based uh, on what she put forward this from episode? From this episode, no, because she fucked up again. Oh, that's right. Dawn I forgot. pulled a Dawn and on she, the first course. And she forgot. She Incomplete forgot plates. And yeah, specific key ingredients to her first plates, which has been a theme that she has done 
throughout um, the show. And this time she has no excuse. Well, I don't think she had an excuse before all the chefs managed to pull it off. But this time she had Jamie backing her up and they still somehow them together were not able to play. And to um, to Tom's point, um, he makes a comment how the stuff that she's missing, it's not, it's not like she has to cook it. Like It's ready to go. All she has mm-hmm. to do is physically put it on the plate and she's still somehow screwed that up. So anyways. So maybe that's why she is yeah. not the winner of Top Chef. That is why she's not the winner. However, I would have in- enjoyed her four courses the most. And it's nothing personal against her. She's very talented. But if I'm a judge, that's why I would not have picked her. Your favorite guy of the entire season. Mm-hmm. I mean, once... Well, once Sarah was once gone. Once Sarah was gone. Yeah. You quickly switched your... Shoda. Yeah, Shoda. Yeah. Well, he holds it down for the Pacific Northwest. He's in Seattle. I'm from Washington State. I'm from an hour south of Seattle. Um, and also, he's just easy to gravitate towards because he's goofy. He's always cracking really corny jokes. His laugh is infectious. Oh, and then on top of that, he's insanely skilled. Like, his technical mm-hmm. skills as a chef are mind-blowing like the stuff that he does on the show is crazy and i'm not gonna say he does this more than the other two but he also infuses culture and um now there's representation Japanese food yeah yeah absolutely i think when he is at the top of his game he's unbeatable and i you really don't do. think he was i don't think he was this time because i think he kind of got a little i don't want to say he got lazy but he kind of went with the comfort food stuff and i feel like he's more of a technical fine dining person his yeah, they did say at one point that one of the courses didn't seem to go with the concept of the others. Yeah, because he started off fine dining and then he followed up with um, a casual, I think it was a curry, which by the way, love curry. I would have very much enjoyed that dish, but I see what they were referencing by saying, we feel like you're kind of switching it up on us. There's not really a presentation with this, whatever. And maybe that is also the reason that Shoda mm-hmm. did not win Top Chef Portland. Which leaves... Gabe. Gabe. <laughs> yeah. Said without fanfare. Well, there's a reason for that. And they, I, okay, you, please, so by all let's, means. without getting out of order, they loved Gabe all season. Oh, yeah. They're practically jerking him off the whole season. <laughs> I mean, literally, I was like, do you want to start ha- giving you know, a hand job now or when the cameras are off? Like, he what's going didn't on? win a quick fire challenge until the very end. Mm-hmm. He didn't always win the challenges. He did win a couple. Yes, but he but was always he there. He was consistently yes. safe. And yeah. solid mm-hmm. every week. Yeah. They it, liked what he did. They they were picking up what he was putting down. Um, again, just like the other two, infused a lot of his uh, cultural cuisine, mm-hmm. you know, was saying that he was so proud to be the first Mexican winner Mexican of Top winner Chef. Mexican winner of Top Chef. Yeah. And from the very beginning, he was obviously very skilled. Like, it only took a couple of episodes for him to separate himself from the other chefs. So we kind of guessed he that he was going to be. incredibly consistent. Yes. And yeah. There was never a period where I was like, oh, he's going to get voted off. However. We're not excited. We're not excited because we already weren't pulling for him. Mm-hmm. And now I think I'm just going to borrow. Every week we end our episodes with the food low of the week. Yeah. And we were kind of talking before that you and I didn't really have a personal food low. Yeah, we really didn't. But then as we were watching the end of this episode, 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's, we would try really hard not to peek at things the internet was saying, like commentary, theories, any of that stuff, yeah, spoilers, none of it. We tried to stay away from everything until Google decides, yeah. hey, I'm going to start yeah. showing you stuff you didn't sign up for. But then as it was wrapping up, I did go to the internet to see like, oh, is everybody posting yeah. things about Gabe winning? It's kind of like a, after the season finale, let's see Watch where the, the chefs recaps. are at now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And this just ruined my week. Yeah. <laughs> Food wise. Yeah. And it makes me almost mad that I have now watched this entire season, yeah. which had such great promise. This was the, the talent level. The chefs was incredible. Um, there were some things over the course of the season that I didn't particularly like, but at the end of the day that the competition was really, really good. And they put them through some, serious some serious tests and i gotta point out this was pandemic season so there were yeah. so many additional obstacles yeah. there's a lot for of the variables chefs, the crew yeah. everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. and then mm-hmm. i found this story online that was not difficult to find because when i looked up top chef portland winner what was immediately because you know how google suggests the next thing that you should type right yeah controversy Mm -hmm. is what's coming up. And so maybe if you've been living in the real world and like you watched this at real time and you came to these same developments that I have, you already know. Yeah. Uh, apparently, allegedly, allegedly, I'm going to cover my ass and say allegedly. Yeah. There you go. According to the internet and some actual journalists, Gabe winner of top chef Portland is a real fucking creep. Yeah. He's real creepy. Like he's, he's pulling some shady shit. It's not easy to talk about, but it's also incredibly disheartening and frustrating and it pisses me off and it pisses you off. I'm going to pull from eater.com. Yeah. Uh, Thursday, June 30th, just before most Americans plan to head out for the Independence Day holiday, Bravo cooking competition show, Top Chef Portland crowned Austin chef Gabe Arales, the winner of its 18th season. Mm-hmm. The next morning, allegations that Arales had harassed a woman at his previous restaurant we're all over the news. And I was like, ah, oh, why can't anybody just be like truly good? You know, like Shoda or Dawn. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause I dug deeper and this show, uh, was shot in the fall of uh-huh. 2020. Yeah. Um, it wrapped in October. Correct. From what I found online, you know, Gabe, who they always pushed as this like family guy. They yeah. showed his kids. They showed his and kid. His wife Even when he won, he like called and his kid was on speakerphone. Daddy, he's did like, you win? Daddy won. And then, you know, he's crying. And, and then come to find oh, out. Oh, turns out he's fucking one of his staff. He's sexually that happened, harassing and That others. happened in the summer before he left. He was in a sexual relationship with a staffer at the restaurant where he was the chef. Mm-hmm. Then he came back from Top Chef and he fired her. Or he, sorry. He, he cut re- her hours. He I'm cut sorry. her hours. He Hours. He said it was because of her performance. performance. It, it sounds like a cover your ass situation. Yeah. Where you're like, oh yeah, that girl that I've been fucking, maybe I should cut her hours so I interact with her less because I'm a top chef now. And then the firing that I was talking about, oh, that was him. He got fired. Yeah. He, Gabe got, he fired got fired in December yeah. for more allegations. So two months after Top Chef wraps up, after he is the winner, he gets fired by the owner of the restaurant. Because he's not, you know, adhering to the ethical commitments of the restaurant and their values and things like yeah. that because of his sexual harassment. Because he's sexually of people harassing employees. Yeah, this is a problem. And um, this is not the first time that this is a problem. We're what, four years into the Me Too movement? Yeah. Like and and we want to talk about the restaurant and the hospitality industry specifically, an industry that for years 
has um, enabled dudes to has completely enabled this type of behavior, which is a hundred percent unacceptable. Um, oh, and by the way, when you win Top Chef, mm-hmm. you get this amazing spread in Food and Wine magazine. You get two hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars. That's a nice little check. Quarter million. Food and Wine Magazine, you make an appearance at the Aspen Food and Wine Festival. Oh, and you're top chef. So now you're indoctrinated into this group. Yeah, it's like a very prestigious yes. thing. And no matter what you do the rest of your career, you because are Because you set. also get social exposure. Oh, yeah. And now you are you are top chef Gabe. You're no longer, you know, Chef Gabe mm-hmm. in Austin that people know you're skilled, whatever. Like, you are world-renowned. Um, so I don't know. It's just, it's unfortunate. It's, it's frustrating. Oh, and what it's, has Bravo done about it? Bravo official, nothing. Absolutely Padma nothing. has tweeted that they need to look into this, basically. Wait, I, I pulled up her tweets. I'll just, I'll read it really quickly. I have it right here. As someone who, and this is quote, as someone who has been sexually harassed, this topic is a serious one and merits openness. We filmed Top Chef in October of last year and we're not aware of the allegations now coming out about Gabe. This should be investigated and the network should consider its best action. To be clear, no one has alleged sexual harassment on the record or otherwise to Bravo top chef. And we judges didn't have any indication of inappropriate behavior from Gabe during his time on set. End quote. So what do you think the appropriate action should be? The reason why I'm sorry, I'm here saying strip him of his title that it, yeah, I'm sure it's more complicated than that, but I'm I'm sure it is, but also that's the right thing to do. (laughs) But, but let's, let's, let's rewind here. The right thing to do would have been to address this the moment you found out because I don't believe There's no way that Bravo didn't know second that Bravo did not know this. I don't believe that Padma did not know this. I don't believe however however Okay, maybe big, maybe Padma didn't know. Really? As, con- as connected as she is, as much as people talk, like this I don't care how big Top Chef is, the world of food, especially chefs of their level is small and people talk. There's no way that this behavior doesn't get out there. I, I call bullshit on the entire thing. And I'm not like, and I, and I could be wrong. I would love to be wrong. I just, I don't understand how a show of this magnitude, think about how big the staff is for the show yeah. and then for the network combined. And like you you made a, you made kind of a joke, but you're like, you're telling me that one intern didn't go on Reddit and pull up something on this months ago. I'm also thinking from a petty place. Like if I was on that staff yeah, and I'm not going to send an anonymous tip to Bravo. Yes. Really? Yes. Oh, but <laughs> now's a good time. Would you like to bring up the anonymous tip that was sent to, was it eater? Well, according to the Austin American Statesman, which is the like publication that mm-hmm. broke this story the morning after mm-hmm. he was announced the winner conveniently. Uh, according to them, the show's producers were aware that he had been fired from his Austin restaurant after violating the restaurant's harassment policy. And then an anonymous source told the paper that Bravo never gave any consideration to refilming the season because it reportedly wouldn't be fair to the show's other contestants. So look, I kind (sighs) of get that Yeah, because yeah, it wouldn't be fair to just reshoot the finale because yeah. then you have to think about, you know, you have to put them through that all again. It yes. also wouldn't be re- fair to like reshoot the entire thing because mm-hmm. that's a whole lot to put them through. And you can't just take them out and name somebody else because every episode up to that point 
had involved him and he played a role in yeah. like he impacted every episode and every contestant on this show. Yeah. So because like in an, in an episode where it was down it to unfair. me and him, I'd be pissed if like, yes. like I should have won that episode yeah. because he shouldn't have been here yeah. or whatever. You can't just take him out at the very end. Mm -hmm. However, they should do something to acknowledge that they're aware do you think they're just trying to wait for it to like blow over? I it's a, it's a very big possibility because in in uh, the world we live in today, a news cycle is it surprises me when a news cycle is more than twenty four hours, and that's really sad to say. Um, First of all, why did the uh, Austin American statesman wait so conveniently until the morning after? Yeah. To announce that like, oh, hey, P.S., yeah. he's a creep. He got fired. Well, that's so that's like, where why not at I any had, point before the finale. Yeah. And and I see I see what you're saying. And that's where I have issues with this whole situation, because this is what what we see and we read. Right. So we we see that this information comes out the day after Top Chef is over. Um, we do not know if there was any point um while either during filming or in the past, maybe they weren't even filming as prior to that, where somebody, a journalist or whoever tried to expose this and we just don't know about it. Oh, and Bravo hushed them. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there, I mean, there's, I'm not, I'm not saying that that happened, but I'm saying that like, there's, there's a lot of things that we just don't know about this, but what we do know and what I think is fair to say is that it's, I think it's okay to say that yes, Bravo was put in a tough position when sure, they discovered yeah. this news. However, their inability to take any action when they did discover the news is where they fucked up. Because, again, I don't believe for a second that there's no way that however big that network is, mm -hmm. the team behind the show specifically, we're not aware of this at some point sooner than it coming out the day after the finale aired. Like, there's just no yeah, way. I'm I agree. sorry. And then what's the thing that they say at the airport? If you see something, say something. Yes. Like at that point, you have to be aware and now you have to yes. address it. Yeah. And you absolutely. have to do something about it. I think that a conscious decision was made to be like, well, this sucks. We can't record the season over again. We'll deal with it. We're just going to run all the episodes and then we'll deal with it afterwards. I don't want to see him keep this title though. And I really don't yeah, want to see him neither. keep the money. Yeah, I don't want I don't want him to to keep any of that. It because the if this information was discovered prior to filming, they wouldn't have even had him on the show. Like right. he shouldn't be rewarded for and this. And to behavior. be fair and to be clear, all of this, the firing and all that stuff happened after the show had wrapped. So yes. there's no yes. way they could have avoided having him on it because nobody knew. No, exactly. Exactly. But from what we know, mm -hmm. There are two other good people like, yeah. and I mean, inherently good people who don't seem to be problematic yeah. that were on the finale. Yeah. Shoda and Dawn. I don't think God, it would knock be, on wood. I hope we don't find anything about them knocking on wood because that would be soul crushing um, because we both, you know, like them for different reasons, but it's, um, it's just a sad situation all around. I feel bad for the people that he has harassed and hurt. I feel bad for his wife. I feel bad for his daughter. Yeah. Cause they're part of all this now. And that's my thing. Chef Gabe, you have a daughter. What the fuck are you doing? Like at any point throughout your daughter's life, regardless of where, um, you know, where she ends up working or going to school or any aspect of her life, 
I, I really doubt that as a father, you would want her to be in a position where she is being sexually harassed by another man. So why in the hell would you do that to person. somebody else? Anyone. Person. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Not just a, a man, a person. And not just a, his daughter. Literally hu- any person. Literally, literally anybody. But you would think that having a daughter would give him some sort of perspective to not act like a piece of shit, allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. And that's what we're going to circle back to and just leave it at allegedly. It's, but it's like yeah. in a publication. So maybe it's a little bit more than allegedly. Yeah. I mean, it seems, I mean, the, the dude was fired. So the truth will shake out. He did just lose his job. And I will be following up. I know it's yeah. not usually something that like episode after episode, I check back in on a story that we did, you know, three yeah. weeks ago. But this, this we is, we spent a whole this season is worthy talking about of these keeping episodes. an eye on because I, I even now with Bravo doing the whole, you know, <gasps> denying. Wait, I just had a crazy tinfoil hat moment. Oh, God. What if. Tinfoil hat time. I love this. You know how this whole season we were talking about like the reality edits and stuff like that. And when they'd go like really into shining the spotlight on a person yeah. and why. Yeah. It seemed like they didn't put too much of a spotlight on Gabe. And that's where we're like, well, every week he just seems to make it through and like they like him. Maybe they didn't go in like depth because they didn't want somebody to crawl out of the woodworks because the people who did the editing knew all along. And they're like, we'll just let him kind of float through and not really go too much. Like it would have made the show look worse if throughout the season they were highlighting highlighting him. him. I don't know. They did a lot of, there was a lot of pandering and it wasn't, it wasn't specific during the, during the episodes, like how they did a lot of cutaways and they, they Yeah, but I feel like the stuff they did about him was about being Mexican because at one point, yeah. Now hear me out. At one point, they did make him like this shining example of a family man and father. It was very, it was like a flash in the it pan. It was a flash though. in the pan, like and a, then it went away. It and they're like, ball. well, he's Mexican and we can be okay with that, right? Yeah, yeah. And then like on the final episode after he won, they're like, well, we can't edit out the phone call that he made to his kids. Like this, we can't edit it out. We don't have anything else. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I um, bet you they I'm had all... a lot more that ended up on the editing room floor because that wouldn't look good for Bravo if they kept pushing that angle. To your point, I don't even think think that that's much of a quote unquote conspiracy because common sense would tell me if I knew this information, which again, I do not believe that they did not, not, not know, (laughs) not, not diagram that sentence out for you to make sense. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Right. I'm like, we're like Charlie day and always saying like with a cigarette drawing lines in a board. Don't worry about us in our flow chart of conspiracies over here in our podcast room. Move on. Um, No, but to your point, if I am editing the show and I have this information, it would certainly play a factor in the way that I would cut the show for, you know, final cut, whatever. Yeah, let's yeah. let's really highlight this whole like mm. Dawn Olympian thing all of a sudden. That's a really feel good thing. Yeah. Okay. Whereas if we go too much into yeah. Gabe's don't, story, don't somebody may be like Gabe. Yeah, because somebody may have been like, yo, that's not the whole story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know what? We'll find we'll find out some sort of information. At least I'm hoping that Hang we on, will. Let me take off my uh, tinfoil hat okay. for a second. I appreciate now. the visual of you doing that. That only I can see. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna you wanna wrap this up and end on a positive note? Yeah, because I think this time we probably share our food high moment of the week. Right. Yeah, this is our first week that we've shared our food high and our food low. So we ate and drank the same thing at the same time together. It was delicious. We were actually like friends in real life outside of the pod. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Look at us enjoying a meal, a whole meal of food. Shout out to our friends at Boucherie for inviting us over for happy hour. Yeah. We had Um, cocktails. We had food. It was amazing. It was amazing. I'm Uh, still thinking about 
I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but there's okay, one. Go ahead and say it. I know what you're going to say. one item on the menu that we had that night that it I'm was, still thinking about days later. That was not on the happy later. hour menu that we still had because we had to have it. The fried green tomatoes. Yes. Okay. And I've, I hesitate it's, it's, to talk about it it's too worth, much. It's worthy of mentioning because it was both of our favorite dish and, and all the and dishes were really good. on the menu. It wasn't on the menu either. So I'm afraid that I'm going to create like a calling back to earlier in the episode, mm-hmm. the Starbucks secret menu, except no. it's at Boucherie here in New yeah. Orleans. <laughs> People are going to be like, yo, I'm a listener of yeah. the PTE podcast. So, uh, slimy those, uh, fried green tomatoes with the, uh, pork belly and the, uh, queso aioli. Doesn't that sound amazing? It does I mean, sound you amazing. There, you, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's <laughs> like, fuck, that sounds really good. Like, dude, you had it. <laughs> you ate that. You were there next to me. Um, yeah, it was it was really really good. It was both of our favorite thing. Um, Sarah at Boucherie was very accommodating because we were like we need to know specifically what is in the fried green tomatoes because it was because really you put good. it in your mouth and you're just like oh my god there's, there's a lot so of, much happening. Yeah. What is all of this? Every part of my palate was very was very satisfied. It was very very actually good. I think everything that we ate were those kind of dishes that you want to sop up like every drop of it. Like there's a sauce on the plate. Yes. You, you don't want to leave any behind. Underrated move here. Steamed mussels. With fries. With the fries. Because you have to oh. take the fries and you just have to mop up all, all everything that's in that bowl. You just soak it up with the fries. You, you keep yeah. talking. I'll just make sound effects. <sighs> and so gestures hungry. that people can't see. Yes. No, I think the, it's a very good, yeah, yeah it's exactly what you're doing. That was the extended one. That, that for me was the number two highlight. Um, also starting, look, in order, shrimp and grit cake. The black and shrimp and grits were amazing. Very, very good. Not grits, but grit cake. It was a nice little twist. It Mm -hmm. made it easier to eat and share. Yes. Um, the boudin balls were awesome, which we've discussed before on the pod. I am a boudin boudin ball ball snob. Uh, That sounds weird. You know, your boudin balls. I'm, you um, know, your balls. <laughs> this is the first time Listen, in this if episode you run into that I have to do a face palm in real on life. The just be sure to say, "Hey, I like your pod." Also, I know you're really picky with your balls, and then just watch. She really appreciates that. She doesn't feel awkward whatsoever. She's very open to that interaction, and a not. Chef Gabe Way. I would like um, everybody to know that the face I'm making right now is <laughs> big cringe. Big cringe face. Please don't tell Ashley that she's picky with her balls Please when you don't, see her. Just don't. Just don't. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, just don't do that. But these were really but if good. You do and I will post say. It so I can see and laugh. Okay. <laughs> I have been disappointed by uh-huh. specifically Boudin, Boudin balls, balls. Yes. At, at least one place in New Orleans where I was like, I can't finish this. I can't mm-hmm. even be polite and like eat another bite of these because these are terrible. Yes. Boucherie was not that. Not Boucherie that. was the opposite where yes. they had a garlic aioli with their boudin balls. And I was just like slurping up all of that sauce that's on the plate. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Like, you know how when you, you have one bite left and you're like, this is my yeah. scooper bite. I like to play a game to see like how clean I can make the plate. Yeah. yeah. Without having to get Without like having fingertips to, like, lick, involved. You do the yeah. finger lick and, and then you put it yeah. on the plate. Oh, that's mm-hmm. always a good move. I think a lot of people that are not from, and maybe people even that are from here from new Orleans, would be surprised to hear that because when you think of that particular style of Southern Cajun food, you don't necessarily start thinking of a place that you would have a quote unquote bad experience. However, 
being from Lafayette, yeah, y'all do Cajun food the best. And this one place that I went to that yes. had a boudin ball on the menu, I think shouldn't have a boudin ball on the menu anymore. So yeah, and which we will not name because we're not here to slander. <laughs> I live very close to them. Hmm. We can talk about it. We can off talk mic. about it off off <laughs> off air. Hey, um, also really quick, the drinks they had oh. they had old fashions waiting for us when we got there. Delicious. In fact, I was just gonna keep ordering them. Um, but they had other plans. They we, were like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> they you didn't need have to other try plans. something else. Not not yes. saying that like you shouldn't be binge drinking here. That's yes. not what they were trying to say. They yeah. were just like, you should also try this, which is probably something outside of your yes. regular wheelhouse, mm-hmm. because. The other drink that we tried during their happy hour was more like a summer sangria. Yeah. The Lisbon by noon. Oh, definitely try it. Yes. Very good. Very refreshing. Not something that I think I would have ordered on my own. So I appreciate the assistance on that because I would have just kept slinging back old fashions all night. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But it also paired really well with all the food, especially it really did. when we got it with the mussels. Yeah. It's just and hard I for me to say, switch things up. Mussels is something that I don't order enough the same way that you don't think you would have ordered that drink. I'm on a weird muscle tear lately. Okay. Because I've had them three times in the past like three weeks. Now Wait, that I think about sorry, it. Sorry, you said weird muscle tear. I said muscle tear. <laughs> weird muscle tear. And I was Between like, Between your nervous. affinity for balls, me with my muscle tear. Your weird muscle tear. I have a weird muscle tear thing going on. <laughs> on a fucking, I don't, I don't really know. Well, I, maybe it's because it's unintentional wait, wait, recently on the podcast, we talked about the quote, bad foods to eat on a first date and yes. muscles was on that list Muscles because I don't just think, slurping up butter. Exactly. And, mm. I don't think most people look super great slurping up muscles and stuff like that. But like, mm. we're like food siblings, right? Yeah. You know, safe space. If you feel comfortable eating muscles with somebody, totally get them. Yes. I mean, like I said before. And now I like regret giving a fuck about what I look like eating muscles. Should never, should never care. Listen, on a first date or otherwise. Like I said, I want to normalize eating whatever you want on a first date. Like just, bring, just use that as the icebreaker. Those um, muscles at Boucherie have convinced me. They were so good. And I know that you refer to our time together as us drinking together. And I sadly did not view that as us drinking together. I just considered that we were sharing a meal with yeah. a couple of cocktails involved. We were drinking because there was alcohol involved. So this was yeah. the first ever time yes. we have been drinking together outside of yes, but that, stress drinking over the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. But I see, I see what you're saying, and it looks bad for me to view that as not drinking. Because when I am drinking, I am drinking. Why like, are you it's, yelling? It's not... <laughs> Drinking. Because to me, it's not. Oh, is that in all caps? Yes. And like bold? Because, yes. Because to me, when I'm, when I consider drinking, I'm not like having a couple cocktails sadly, during happy hour with some food. I am out and I am actively drinking. This, I'm digging, I'm digging a hole that I can't get out of. You're like when I'm I just drinking, didn't consider drinking, I'm a freshman in college. I am binge drinking. <laughs> Yes. What you're saying? Yeah. There you go. Except for I'm a grown man and I should go to an AA meeting or something. No. So, um, afterwards I actually went to a bar, Carrollton station, and I had a couple of beers there. Also don't consider that drinking. I just had two beers, saw some live music with a friend. It was a good time. That's another really great thing about Boucherie that it's location is so perfect to go have a nice happy hour, mm-hmm. whether it's like a friend or a date or a group of people or whatever. And then you can walk to all these great spots in the area. That area. And of I uptown, don't hang out there enough. 
Me neither. And I used to, you used to live right there. I used, used to, to live, live down the street from Snake Down the street. Yeah. AKA the best dive bar in the world. <laughs> We've discussed my affinity for that place. That area is just great. Like you said, it's walkable to a lot of really nice restaurants and really cool bars. It's just a really good area. So uptown New Orleans, if you're around that area, you're very fortunate. And if you're visiting, spend some time there. Boucherie, thank you for inviting us for happy hour. It was delicious. So we'll, we'll, we'll see you back soon. For everybody else, we <laughs> yes. will talk to you soon on the next episode of the Pass the Everything podcast. In the meantime, be sure to follow us at PTE Pod on Instagram. And wherever you listen to your podcast, could you do that extra little nudge where you like subscribe and rate review? That helps uh, get the word out a lot. So thank you for that. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you next week. Come back for seconds.